Hey, Kaden. Yes, mommy. It's time for the She's About Business show. Yes. <laughs> hey there, it's your host, Saithia Garms, the impact coach, the She and She's About Business. And I am praying that you guys are doing great this week. I want to remind you to check out the She's About Business YouTube channel, my new series, Three Things to Impact Your Life Today, premiered on last Monday. So there will be a new episode coming up, not on tomorrow, but on the following Monday. And I hope that you will be uplifted and impacted. And as you know, this is season three of the She's About Business show. And it's been dedicated to highlighting other savvy moguls who are making moves. And it's been such a rewarding process for me. And I really hope that it has been for you guys as well. Now, as I just mentioned, this is season three, episode 13 of the award-winning She's About Business show, aka The Sab Show. First, giving all honor to God for all of his amazing blessings and to my savior, Jesus Christ, just for being who he is in my life. And of course, thanks to all of you, my fabulous sisters and fabulous fellas for tuning in and for supporting the show on the various platforms. I could not, trust me, I could not keep doing this without you guys, your feedback and your love. And I definitely appreciate each and every one of you. Now, my guest today is just amazing. Dr. Liani Madison is an organizational and talent development practitioner. And she's also the author of the books, The Thread, Imperfect Steps to a God-Ordained Purpose, and Beside Still Waters, 21-Day Devotional. Liani also created The Thread, six-step system to help survivors free themselves from past trauma and live an abundant life. She earned a doctorate in organizational leadership from Argosy University, a master's in business administration from Georgian Court University, and a Christian life coaching certificate from Light University. She's the recipient of the 2018 18th Annual Pacific Coast Business Times 40 Under 40 Award, recognizing the 40 best and brightest transformational leaders on the Central Coast under the age of 40. That's amazing, right? Now she resides on the West Coast and is the mother of three daughters. Please help me welcome her to the She's About Business show. Dr. Madison, thank you so much for being on the She's About Business show. Welcome, welcome. I'm so honored to have you. I feel so elated. I feel amazing. And it is just an honor to really be on the show with you today. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Absolutely. So I've read your bio. So the people listening know a little bit about you. But I just want to get in your own words, what is the core of who you are, what you do, why you do it, and who is it that you feel like you serve? 
great question. Now you're going into my history. <laughs> so let me share, I get to share my history yes. a little bit of my present and then kind of uh, give you a glimpse of where I'm going. So mm. a little bit about me. I am a Christian, a trauma survivor, a very successful woman, and a goofy mom. So my kids say. <laughs> That's the <laughs> best kind. I'm a goofy mom to three beautiful girls and a very spoiled dog. (laughs) Um, I'm also also very sensitive. I'm a highly sensitive girl, pretty much an extrovert, if you can hear it in my voice. And according to my DISC result, my leadership style is an influencer. Mm. I love helping people transform their lives. You know, as a matter of fact, I love people and transforming their lives. That I actually studied in school uh, business. Uh, H- I have an HR background, psychology, and earned an MBA and a PhD um, in organizational development. Uh, so I set off on a career of public service, because I wanted to serve, and how uh, or what that looks like for me, I serve my community as an organizational and talent development executive. I'm also an adjunct professor at a university here in town, an undergraduate mentor, and a nonprofit board member building programs and raising funds to help our youth transform their lives. I'm also an impact storyteller. I lost, I mean, when I tell you that I lost time writing books, uh, speaking to audiences and pioneering tools, I love it because it allows me to interact with people, to share my vision, and to help them achieve intentional transformation. And everything that I've shared with you, it's a joyful story spiritual practice for me. I live my spirituality. Um, I always tell people that faith, happiness, honesty, and courage are my core values. Mm. So that's a little bit about, um, kind of sum up a little bit of the core. In addition to that, a few years ago, I became awakened to something that stirred my soul so profoundly. Mm. And that was the urge to Stop abuse against women. Now, in the face of ridicule, criticism, bouts of being shamed, I permitted myself to face my past, my trauma, the abuse that was in my past, and I stepped into my power. I challenged the way I was treated and release the guilt, shame, and pain from my past through a personal relationship with God. And the wisdom I've uncovered is the truth that I hold the lens, (laughs) which is called a vision. I I am the keeper of that because God gives me that authority to be able to look through the lens of my vision to see that I was created for more. And not only for more for myself, but more for humanity. Mm. And so through those lens, I was able to see 
those things that I just described. In addition, I learned that transformation is happening all around us in every form of life. Everything is changing and transforming daily. And so a change is going to happen. My question to all of us is this. Why not be intentional and take control over that transformation? And that is what I seek to help women to achieve intentional transformation, to reclaim their life by taking some determined steps to become the woman God created them to be. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. And two things, everything that you said resonated with me, but two things especially because I am also, my spiritual gifts test says that I am also an influencer. <laughs> and I think that I think that a lot of people who want to serve others, you know, may also be influencers because I think you, you know, those two things go hand in hand, the serving and the influencing. And then also to have that vision or the ability to see that, you know, you were made for something more, not just for yourself, but for humanity. I think that also comes along with being a server and being an influencer. So those things tie in together, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I always see that as, um, so thank you so much for sharing that. And I will also add to the fact that, you know, I see purpose, it's like um, a pipe, right? A pipe. And what goes through the pipe is the inspiration, the empowerment. Everything that we need, the gifts, goes through this pipe. And if we never release, and our potential as well, and the passion, and if we never release those things, we become stagnant. And what happens when pipe, you ever have a pipe at home, either it's, um, um, it's stuck, it's clogged, right? And nothing goes through and nothing comes in and I think when I hear people tell me that they I don't know what my purpose is immediately I go your your pipe is clogged Mm. (laughs) your pipe is clogged and it needs to you need some help to flush it right so that you can unlock and release who you were created to be in the earth and the gifts and the talents that you were equipped with to help humanity to serve humanity and to impact the world wow I love that and we can talk more about that you know, and maybe, you know, get into how to unclog that, that pipe. But I wanted to, I wanted to get into our second question because I just can't wait to hear your answer for this, but it's been said that over 90% of people have some kind of, you know, entrepreneurial dream or idea, you know, but only about 14% take the leap and take a chance. And I just was taking a look at your book and it's an amazing thing. So even if it's like writing a book or whatever, like some people may have the idea, but they don't take the leap. What was the defining thought or occurrence that made you say, this is something that I have to do? What was it that made you just take the leap? Thanks for asking that question. So I had a little bit more about my background. I had a severe, unhappy childhood that followed me into my adulthood. And I talk about this in my book, The Thread, Let God Into Your Life and Achieve Intentional Transformation. And I had been a victim of adverse, harsh experiences Mm 
at the hands of people who I thought cared about me. Family members and strangers molested me. A faith leader sexually and spiritually abused me. My marriage failed. And I got a divorce. And to make matters worse, I battled with severe bouts of self-palsy, which is when the muscles in your face becomes weak. And then several years after that, a near-death stroke experience where I was paralyzed on the right side of my body. And I almost died by suicide. Wow. And I remember when I looked at myself in the mirror, I saw a girl with a sick soul, a noisy mind, half broken heart. And at this point, I'd gone, gone through so many surgeries with several different things that I also saw that my body was just imperfect. And I felt like my life was just shattered beyond repair. I felt unworthy, valueless, hopeless, and helpless. I remember what that felt like for me. I remember I was so desperate. When I tell you I became so desperate, I I was drinking, I was doing, I mean, engaging so many unhealthy behaviors because I was seeking for an answer. I was seeking the validation. I was seeking for acceptance. But what I didn't realize then was that my soul was really seeking for God. My soul was hungry for God. And so I became very desperate. And at that point, I remember I was on what I call one of my excursions, and I was in Jamaica, because I was born on the beautiful island of Jamaica. And a lot of my trauma, actually, I experienced, I experienced it in Jamaica. And then when I moved to the U.S., I also experienced some severe trauma. But I remember I had returned to Jamaica, and by this time, I was going to Jamaica three, four times per year, and I couldn't understand why I kept going back. And what I didn't know then, that I know now, wherever trauma, wherever the first traumatic injury takes place, the soul remembers and the body remembers as well. The body stores the trauma and is hidden in a place called trigger. And so I kept going back and I keep getting re-injured, but I didn't understand then. And so I always tell women, be careful of those familiar environments. You know, when you find yourself keep going back to the same broken relationship, when you find yourself keep doing the same that the Bible talk about, those presumption sins, be very mindful of those patterns. And so I kept going back, and um, I remember one afternoon. It was a sunny afternoon, just like today. And I sat on the stone outside, and at this point, I was in a relationship with this man, and he had kicked me kicked me to the ground and I fell and there was an iron on the ground and it actually burned a piece wow. of my leg. And so I'm sitting outside and I'm contemplating a suicide again because here's someone that I care deeply about and they're abusing me and understand that my pattern in the past was sexual, emotional, 
and spiritual abuse and this abuse, and I had some physical abuse in the past, this abuse at this juncture in this time of my life showed up as a physical abuse. And so I sat outside and I'm like, this, so, this feels so familiar. I turned the television, the radio on, and on the radio, there was a pastor, and he said, prodigal son, come home. I turned the radio off, and I was angry, and I said, I don't want to hear that religious crap. Mm. And I went inside the living room. When I went inside the living room, I turned the television on. And Juanita Bynum, Bynum, I think her name is Juanita Bynum. Yes. Came on. I never forget it. She came on and she said, there's a woman watching, she was on Daystar, and she said, there's a woman watching this program. And the Lord said to tell you to come home. Come home, prodigal son, come home. And if you come home, God is going to turn your life around. And I got upset again, and I turned the television off. And at this point, I just remember started crying. And I said, I felt so unworthy, like I wasn't even worthy. I knew God was talking to me, but I felt so unworthy. And I remember I fell on the ground, and I was just crying and crying and screaming. And I started just trashing the house. And the neighbors thought that something was happening to me. And they called the police. And when the police came, they couldn't believe what they had seen. And I remember at that juncture, I was like, God, I need you. I really was crying out for help. And I will preface it by saying, long story short, I needed, I knew I needed the change. I knew I needed God to intervene. And so to become whole again, I had to make the tough decision to face and disrupt the silence. And and it was like a indignity that had surrounded my life and my past. I had to face those things and it was hard. And when I made that decision that yeah, I was going to go home to my father and I was going to go home just the way I am. And I was just going to go home and whatever happens, I'm just going to go home to this man that's my father, my God, my Savior. I'm going to go to him because at this juncture, everybody else had failed me. And I can tell you this truth. The trauma you fear to release, hold the freedom to live an abundant life in Christ. That was the reality and the truth that was released to me, was revealed to me. And so I set out on a journey, a healing journey with the Lord. And I discovered that it's essential that we be conscious This is what I want to say to that woman that's listening today or that man that loves us. It is essential that we become conscious of the possibility, promise, purpose, 
and paths that God already created for us. Trauma is temporary. It doesn't have to be permanent. It's a temporary path through in our lives, and God has a purpose for it. Wow. Okay, so thank you so much for sharing that. I know that, you know, that is sometimes even after we have overcome, you know, things like that, when we go back and we we go back to those places, it can still be very difficult for us to open up those old things. So thank you so much for being willing to do that. But um, my next question is, is so perfect right where you ended that, because in the work that we do, so often we see people that have such a difficult time, survivors of, you know, traumatic events such as abuse and, you know, um, molestation and things like that. Or even, you know, other things like losing parents, you know, at a young age or just rejection, being abandoned, things like that. It can be so difficult for them to break negative behaviors and poor patterns and belief systems. Sometimes it even seems like they want to hold on to the trauma. Right. What what Uh steps did you actually take to overcome these things in your life? Like what was the actual steps that you went through? And how can you walk us through that so that other people can kind of model that? And this is where all of my excitement will come out now because it's always <laughs> a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Um, so first I'll say that my my lived, not the book definition, but my lived definition of trauma. Trauma is a certain kind of suffering, right? Right. That wounds us in the past interrupts the present with negative, unexpected triggers and emotions. Yes. That seeks to undermine our soul. And what trauma does, it tries to imprison us. It imprisons us from stepping into our destiny. Yes. Now, what's most alarming, right? The most alarming thing about trauma is that it will break us. It leaves us feeling sad, grieved disappointed, depressed, displeased, guilty, right? Lonely, you feel powerless, you feel worthless. And these are all negative emotions that makes it it really hard for us to do what Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 says. Love the Lord with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. Trauma comes to say, "Uh -uh, uh uh-uh-uh-uh, you ain't gonna love no God, right? That's what trauma does to us right but while i was on my on my uh healing journey i remember i got to the point where i was feeling better i was becoming stronger i was speaking up about what had happened to me i was getting help i was laughing smiling again i could hear myself laugh and i started thinking to myself huh how did i get here what steps did I take? How have I changed? Who am I becoming? I started asking myself some deeper, meaningful questions. And so while on this journey, I created what I call the THREAD, T-H-R-E-A-D system. It's a six-step system to really help women to you know, address the questions that you just posed. How do you create 
a new mindset? How do you adapt healthy behaviors? You have to take the determined step. You have to do the work. And one of the things I say before I jump into the steps, I also learned that transformation, right, will set you free. But first, it will force you to make a decision and then it will be painful. Mm. <laughs> I want to just say that off the back, it's not going to be, you know, right. uh, uh, the case in the Caribbean. It's going to be worse <laughs> and you have to go to some places right. that is going to trigger you. I told someone, I said, triggers feel like a crackhead. You literally feel like you're just shaking like a crackhead. And I've never been on crack, so I don't even know what that feels like. I don't see it. <laughs> but um, while I was on this journey, I created the six step system. So let's get and dive into the, the wait, five system. Wait, right? before before uh-huh. you do that, can you repeat that again? Can you repeat that 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 you just said about the transformation? Because sure. I, I like to repeat things like that because I think those are such important points and I really want people to get that. So can you say that uh-huh. one more time? Uh-huh. Trauma will set you free. But first, it will force you to make a decision and then it will be painful mm. i love that that's because, transformation yeah, yeah because that's, trans- was, that's my definition of transformation yeah i was just talking to someone today and i was talking about how you know certain things happen you know and they can be very traumatic very difficult right and it's like doing those things, you're like, there is, it, I mean, this is absolutely impossible that I can go mm-hmm. through this. Like, I cannot see how I can make it through this. But, you know, six months, a year, and you look back and you made it through that. And now you have a testimony, you have a story. But during that thing, it was so extremely hard that you literally could not foresee how you would make it through that but you were actually transformed you know but like you're saying it's not easy and I think that's the part that scares people and it actually stops people from proceeding because they're looking at it like nah no way I cannot do that it's going to be too hard you know, and it's just like like you were saying about the you know about the crack you know I mean a lot of addicts don't want to get clean because they fear withdrawal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you think about it, it's like that fear alone will absolutely keep you from wanting to go through that process because you know, it's going to hurt. So yeah, that's, that's absolutely. amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. And I'll say another thing to so thank you for, you know, just sharing those points because it's really key to the other little bit of tip that I'll share is that, that that pain, that pain is actually the doorway through which God enters to heal our wounds and transform our lives. Wow. If there's no pain, there's no way for God to heal you, right? Yeah. So see pain as the doorway through which God enters yeah. to heal the wound, right? right? To heal our wounds and transform our lives. Yeah. That's how I see pain. And I see forgiveness as the visitor to the pain in our past. The visitor that comes to take away the pain, right, and get rid of it. That's forgiveness. That's how I see forgiveness. It's a visitor. 
because I don't want it. You know, it's a visitor. It comes and he says, okay, what do you want me to help you with? And you get to release the unforgiveness, the pain, the abuse, the hair, here, you can take this. I don't want it anymore. And then forgiveness says, okay, I'll take it. And then God enters with his grace and his mercy and his love and he clothes us with those garments that covers our shame, covers our pain, right? That's what God's love and mercy does. But we have to let in the visitor call on call forgiveness and let forgiveness come in and do the work and once the work is done then and only then when we're doing stuff like reading the word of god that the word of god takes effect if there is unforgiveness it's like the the seed the sower right and he plants these seeds and then when there is unforgiveness and sadness and bitterness and pain when we go to church the word does not take effect because we are so consumed by the trauma and the abuse. And yes. so we go in hurt and we leave feeling hurt. Why? Because we did not allow the visitation of forgiveness to come in and do its work. Yes. And I, and I believe as you and I were talking earlier, we both had the same experience of God dealing with us with unforgiveness because we discovered that because we are helpers of his people, if we did not do the work that we needed to do with learning how to forgive, then that was actually stopping us for ha- from having the love for God's people that we needed in order to do his work. So, it's, yeah, so it's it's just so much. We can talk about this all day, <laughs> but I want I you know, to get into, get into your steps. Yes. Okay. So, so by using the um, the six step thread system, system, our readers or listeners will be able to step away from the painful past and begin what I call the taking intentional steps to achieve uh, transformation or to transform from trauma. Okay. And it's really, um, I'm using Romans 12, 1 to 2, believe it or not. And then my other scripture, that is my life scripture, is Philippians 4 and verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yes. So let's jump into step one. Okay. So the T stands for think. Mm-hmm. I want our victims and survivors to really sit and think of the outcome you want to achieve. I want you to ask yourself these three questions. What outcome do I want to achieve? What does being unstuck look like? And what actions can I take to get there? Now, there are three actions that you can take during this step at this juncture. The first, I want them to envision Jesus is standing with you, right? And he's holding your hand. I want them to feel protected, safe, feel loved. Now, together, they're with their redeemer, with their daddy, their papa. And they're going on this journey, a journey into the past. From as far as they can remember. It's going to be a little bit triggering in this step. Now, I want them to think of their childhood or the first time a situation led you to feel ashamed, 
embarrassed, guilty, ridiculed, or neglected. What was the event? Write it down. Because you see, I wanted to build a list of all the scraps that the enemy has accumulated and is using those scraps to accuse us in front of the Lord. And so I want them to go ahead and make a complete list of everything that they can remember in this step. You know, what was the event? At what age did the event took place, right? And who was involved in this event? Now, mm. step two, and for some people it may take a day, it may take a week, it may take a month, it may even take a whole year to go through this one step because it is a difficult, this step is very, it's triggering. This is one, step one and two are the steps where I find women take a very long time to move beyond. And it's so okay. Step two, H, harvest the lessons learned mm. and heal your heart. Now, this is a step where you have to unpack the lies and lay them out before the Lord so you can heal. You have to face them, unpack them, look at them. As a matter of fact, in my book, I actually have a graphic that shows you the woman just looking at all of the things that she's been through. And so at this step, I want you to ask yourself, what have I learned so far? How has it made me stronger? Yes. What can I use from my past to forge a new path forward. Now, in this step, I want the women to create two, probably three columns, three. One is release. What are you going to release? The things you want to keep and the things you want to, um, to repurpose. Now, why we're doing that is because she really needs to take a look at it. When I did this for myself, for example, I definitely wanted to release, you know, that I was abused, I was raped, I was abandoned by my father, I was rejected by people who I, I love. But what I wanted to keep was the new strength that I found or developed or the skills that I developed along the way. I learned to say no, right? So what are those things that skills or lessons learned along the way of this journey called life? Jot them down because there's a lot of wisdom that we've learned along the way. So I don't want her to not, you know, recognize and honor that about herself. But I think sometimes we tend to go for the negative, but we don't give ourselves credit for the lessons that we've learned along the way. Yes, that's true. Now, step three, we're on to step three, which is the R. Release the trauma and reclaim your life. This is a step where you're going to now renounce the lie, release fear, and break that painful pattern caused by trauma. And in this step, I want her to acknowledge what she has suffered. I want us to ask herself these questions. What do I need to let go of to become the woman I say I want to be? What decision must I live in? Am I living the highest expression of my values and integrity? 
And when I ask women this question, they'll say, I don't know what my values are. Then we're going to do the values test. And we need to, because you see, I didn't realize uh, when I was in my 20s that honesty, respect, spirituality, happiness, and meaningful work, those are my top five values. I didn't know then what I know now. And I realized that that advocate in me really was because I have the value called, you know, honesty or respect and meaningful work, right? I don't like it when people lie to me. I didn't realize why I had such a passion around that. So I want women to know their values because that's really your measuring stick as you move through life in every single decision that you have to make. Any job that you have to consider, you should have your values laid out in front of you. Now, during this step is when they get to take all of the things that they've now compiled. We're going to take them to Jesus. So in the book, there's actually a section where she could jot down the things that she wants to take to Jesus. And she could cut it out of the book and she could burn it. She could trash it, whatever she's led to do that's safe. She could actually do it during this step. Actually, I usually have a ceremony during this step too when I take women through the program. This is a night where we actually would get all of this stuff and we're outside, maybe a camping, and we just throw it in the fire and, and just get rid of them. It's time for it to go. And and during this step too, verbal confession is so important. This is where I encourage women to use the power of their words to renounce something. This is where they use the power of their words. The Bible says the power of life and death is in our tongue. Yes. To really break the relationship off with the negative, you know, experiences in their past and begin to declare the new things that they're wanting, which takes us to the next step. The next step is step four, enlist. Enlist allies to support you. Ask yourself. Whom should I connect with? What resources are available? Therapists, counselors, friends, a workshop, a book, and then select the option that is, you know, will work best for you. And then step five, A, adopt a new mindset. This is the step now where you and I were talking about earlier where she needs to ask herself another question. These are the other three core questions that takes us now into the very last section of the tool. What new habit do I want to start? What old habit do I want to break? And here's the, here's the, the catalyst. How can I think differently. This is where the renewing of the mind comes in. This is where the scripture, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 to 2, I really um, encourage women to create some I am statement out in, you know, at this point, um, because if you look at Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 to 2, it's a very powerful, um, you know, Bible scripture, because it talks about surrendering yourself. Becoming a you know a living sacrifice, yeah. living holy, you know, experiencing God's delight, you know, becoming this worshiper, you know, and it goes on. There are eleven things that I pick out of Romans twelve that I can share, you know, with you are the you know as it relates to this step, and then I created some I am statements as well because it's so important for women to understand. 
they are in Christ. And the Bible says that we're accepted, we're secure in him, and we are significant. So there's some I am statements that I've created. Now, the very last section, which is step six, this is a section where she now gets to dream of this new woman that she is. And she gets to partner with the Holy Spirit to design this joyful life, this abundant life that Christ died to set us free to be able to enjoy and live in. And at this juncture, I want her to ask herself, what is the life I really want? What is the first step I need to take? And then I'm going to push her to take action. And at this juncture, too, is where she gets to further declare the truth. Because, you know, as trauma survivors, we've been lied to. And I don't know about you, but I remember at one point when I shared my story, you know what were the questions that women in the church actually, believe it or not, were asking me when I shared what I'd been through and I'd worked up the courage to share my story? I was asked the question of, are you sure you, you want to speak up? Wow. What were you wearing? What were you wearing? Yeah. Uh, why did you stay in the situation so long? Are you sure you didn't provoke it? Have you got a police report to prove that this is true? I remember one woman came to me and told me that the Holy Spirit told her she needed to help me when I was writing my book. And when she read my story, she said, well, I don't know. I said, well, the Holy something told you, but it wasn't the Holy Spirit that told you to come to me with that nonsense Amen. Because unfortunately <laughs> our stories some of us have some grim parts of our story that really if we're not careful people will re-injure us so this is why it's so important to know what life you want to live and do not allow anyone to limit your dreams do not allow give anyone the authority to become the ceo over your life I teach and I tell my students, you are the CEO over your life. You partner with God and you become that CEO. Never give anyone that right. You never give anyone that authority. I don't care if you were a drug addict, if you were um, stripping the pole. I don't care what your past looks like. And I want our listeners to hear me today. I don't care what your past looks like. I want you to take out your vision lenses and look at through the eyes of the Lord and see that you are not your past. Forgetting those things which are behind you. Get up, girls, rise, and you're going to press towards the mark of the high calling. Because let me tell you something. Although I've been raped, although I've been molested, Although I was spiritually abused, although I was emotionally abused, although someone tried to chop a piece of my leg off, here's the thing. I co-partnered with God. And not only did I rise from the trauma, but he has redecorated my life. I went back to school. I earned my MBA. I went back to school. I earned a PhD. I became the first, the only African-American in Santa Barbara that won the Central Coast 40 under 40 as one of the most transformative leaders here on the Central Coast. Not only that, the Lord 
catapult me in my career. Okay? Not only that, the Lord allowed me to write these collection of books to help trauma survivors to heal from trauma. Not only that, I'll be sharing stage with Les Brown and Marissa Peer next month. Not only that, God has totally healed me and transformed my life. I am no better than you are. It's just that I made a decision that my past will not mark my future. Yes. I made that decision. Yes, absolutely. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. And what I love about that is that, number one, you know, to all of my guys out there, I call them my fabulous fellas who are listening. It works for them, too. Right. I mean, the steps work absolutely. for them as well. And also what you were saying about, you know, deciding what life you want. You know, I always say, you know, living our very best lives. If you decide that that your very best life looks like this, you have to make that choice and say, hey, I don't care if you think you know me. I don't care if you say you're my friend. I don't care how long we've known each other. You do not get to re-injure me because people can, you know, say they love you and they're the main ones who will come along and re-injure. So, you know, all of what you said was just so very important. And I just want to kind of reiterate that point that once you make up your mind that you are determined to live your very best life, nobody should have that power to come in and re-injure you and to, you know, get you out of that frame of mind. So these steps that, that you're talking about are just beautiful and amazing. And, you know, um, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. And I hope you guys are listening and taking notes. If not, rewind and, and take down those notes that she gave. That was amazing. <laughs> so I am actually going to pull a question out of the head. I haven't done that for you yet. I actually, you know, wanted to, to get the core of some of your great work, but I also want us to have some fun, right? Excuse me. So yeah. <laughs> I'm going to pull a question out of the head and let's see what we get. All right. So this is always a fun question. So if you could pick any person from history, living or dead to talk to, what's one thing that you like to ask them and why? <laughs> so anybody so anybody that you can think of like who, what would you want to ask them you know what would you want to uh, I would definitely want to talk to Nelson Mandela oh yeah what would you ask him what was it like emotionally to be locked up behind the walls of a prison <laughs> Yet, evidently, we saw that you couldn't have locked his purpose up. What, mm. what were, what was he thinking? What were the steps that he took to ensure that nobody could imprison his purpose and his soul? Yeah. That's how I see Nelson Mandela. You can lock the body behind bars, but you can't. He's a perfect example of someone whose soul could not be imprisoned. Yeah. And I would want to know what was he thinking, what was going through his mindset, and what were the steps, what were those determined steps that he took to guard his heart? 
Yeah, that's a great question. I would love to know that too, because he was there for 20 years, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a long time to have your body imprisoned, but your mind, I mean, because we saw when he came out that his mind was still intact. His mind was still strong. His mind was, you know, still free. So what did he do to, you know, to make sure that that, you know, that his mind was still so strong and alert. That's, that's a, that's a good one. I knew you were going to have such a good one. <laughs> <laughs> because I just see, I, I see, you know, I, I think about him. I, I love my men. I, I'm not going to allow what happens to me. And some, you know, people always ask me, would I ever get married again? Absolutely. Wherever my Boaz is, just know I'm waiting. Um, I will never allow what happened in my past to cripple my desire of becoming a wife. I know I'm going to make a great wife. I want that. And I know not a lot of women want it. I don't shame you, condemn you or anything. I just know I want that for myself. And so, yeah, it's one of those things where I'm like, huh. What's the next? What's the next best thing for Leon? <laughs> um, I, I think about that when I think about what's next. I, I those are some of the things that you know surface first surface my mind anyway. So. Absolutely, yeah. I can tell you, you will make an amazing wife. I am definitely on that train of thought as well. Can't wait for both of us. <laughs> All right, so let's let's pull out one more. So let's see. All right, so this is another great one that I love. So what is your legacy and why is it important and to whom is it important? Mm, that's a great question. <laughs> ah, take a deep breath. Um, okay. Hmm. My main hope is to create a legacy, something that could bring healing to trauma survivors. Yeah. Uh, to empower and inspire these beautiful souls to live true freedom. Mm-hmm. I love to watch the birds fly. I just love to see how liberated they are in the sky. And that is my vision for humanity that we truly live freedom true freedom profound happiness and more than anything else what's most important to me is that we live a close relationship with god so in other words my work is connecting others to their legacy to my legacy but also ensuring that this legacy that i'm building lives on long after i'm gone and one of the things that I've often said to our millennials when I get the opportunity to speak with them is that nothing of lasting value is ever created in a vacuum. Mm. And in my country, we say, no man is an island, no man stands alone. Each man as my brother, each man as my friend. And I want them to know that don't try to be a lone wolf, you know, that will only get you so far. Yeah, But I want them to rise to their courage, right? And when you rise to your courage to step forward to building a legacy, what that really means is that you have to share your failures. 
not only share it, you have to actually, it's on display for everyone to see, but you also get to share your truth, your deepest held desires, and your wishes. And so that's kind of what my work is all about, is empowering women to say, yeah, I know it's scary to talk about what you've been through, but if you really want to live a liberated life, you got to go there, set yourself free, and just move on to living an abundant life that Christ created for you to live. Amen. I love that. It's a beautiful legacy. Well, we're down to our last question. I hate to get to this part. I have so much more I want to talk with you about, but mm-hmm. <laughs> what is next for you and your business and how can my listeners connect with you? Thank you. That's a great question. Again, you have excellent questions. Thank you. <laughs> I Thank love you. your questions. <laughs> What's next for me? So I'm working on, you know, to in what do we know in March? So next month, I'll be presenting at the Best You Conference in L.A. Mm-hmm. I have a workshop entitled Rise from Trauma and Reclaim Your Life. So I'll be there with my book and all of my tools on the 20th of March at 5 p.m. is my workshop. People can hop on to my website. I'm relaunching my website this week. So the tickets will be there. They can grab free tickets to attend the workshop. Following that, over the summer months, I'll be offering a 12-week of uh, intentional transformation program. It's called Achieve Intentional Transformation. Um, So I'll be offering that online. And I love this program. I'm excited about it because not only will we be doing the online program, which will entail some mentoring, group calls, um, access to one-on-one coaching, but readers and listeners will also get access to uh, an opportunity to actually come to Santa Barbara for a weekend retreat, which will be part of the program. In addition to that, they'll be getting um, getting uh, the book will be part of the program. So my self-help book, which is called The Thread. I also have a prayer book. I have a 21-day devotional, the work book, and then a coloring book. I feel so excited about the coloring <laughs> book. I feel like a little girl. I can't wait to get it myself so all of that will be part of the program and also so that's one that's the second piece and then the other thing that I'm working on for the fall I would like to get my six-step tool into organizations into you know clinician offices into um, churches faith-based organizations into the hands of the people who are really helping trauma survivors. So I'll be developing a coaching program as well that people can take my tool, utilize it, and also use it to help their population that they're called to serve. So that will be coming in the fall. So those are some of the things that I'm working on currently in 2020. How can people connect with me? Um, As I said before, my website has been revamped, but you can check me out at www dot leonimatheson.com and Leone Matheson is spelled L-E-O-N-I-E M-A-T-T-I-S-O-N people can follow me on Facebook L-E-O-N-I-E-H M-A-T-T-I-S-O-N and it's the same handle on Instagram Leone H. Matheson I'm also on Twitter at Leone Matheson Awesome. And I know you had mentioned that you wanted to give one of my listeners one of your books. So maybe we can do something where if they make a comment on YouTube, 
then that's how I will select the person. So, um, you know, you can, you know, kind of let them know which of which of the books you would be selecting, I guess. Sure. Um, so yours is for the YouTuber. They can also follow me on Instagram and they could do the hashtag uh, the thread book and just send me a message that they've listened to the show and also let me know what was the key takeaway for them. Oh, and okay. So my goal is, yeah, what's the key takeaway from today's uh, show that they're listening to? And then just shoot me a DM on Instagram and I will send them the actual, the entire set, which is the five piece collection oh, um, wow. that uh, I'll be working on. And they'll get a discount if they choose to join me during the 12 week program over the summer. That is awesome, guys. You better jump on that. So again, you can um, do it on YouTube or you can do it with her directly on Instagram which just go to her name um, on Instagram and you can do hashtag the thread book. Awesome. So Dr. Madison, this has been so amazing. You have given so much wisdom. I've had an amazing time. I've learned so much. I feel inspired and motivated and you are just, we are just kindred spirits. I just feel so amazing after talking with you. So thank you so much for being on the She's About Business show. You are definitely about our father's business in addition to being about your business. So I just feel blessed to have had you on the show. And I hope maybe we can continue to do some amazing things together. Thank you so very much, Mrs. Garns. And I just appreciate, really appreciate, deeply, genuinely appreciate you for having me and you know, allowing me to talk to your audience. I And I just want to say to everyone that's listening, you know, it's a good thing that we got going on here. I really support your your business. Uh, you're all about the business and <laughs> not only the business in the marketplace, but our father's business. So thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed our time together. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Be blessed. I'll talk to you soon. The She's About Business Show is directed and hosted by Daikia Garns, digital editing by Will Rice at Pro Voice Gas Studios, and copyright by She's About Business Inc. Thanks so much for listening to the She's About Business Show. Don't forget to share, like, and subscribe. Also, if you think I'm doing a great job or you enjoy an episode, leave a review, rating, or comment. I love to hear from you. And don't forget to visit she'saboutbusiness.com for amazing blog articles, events, and services. Love you guys. Let's be about business.